my notes, the Lord must behave now, so I stick to my notes, right? <laughs> Who must behave, me or the Lord? Yeah? What's not the Ephesians 6, verse 8. Praise God. I love the word of God, man. Uh, so, yes, we spoke about uh, uh, prayer. Then we, talk, we spoke about living a lifestyle of prayer. The prayer must be a lifestyle. And then we went on to talk about uh, the most important ingredient to prayer. And we said the most important ingredient to prayer is love. And we made an example also with the most important ingredient in making a cake. Remember, ladies, and you told me that the most important ingredient in making a cake is flour. So what flour is in making a cake, love is to prayer. Shoot now. So now, if love is important to my prayer life, that means I have to make sure that my love walk is in line with the word of God which means my relationships must be well. I cannot allow hatred and forgiveness to enter into my heart because if it does, it will affect my love walk. Amen? So I need to make sure that my relationships are well. I need to make sure that I treat people properly. I need to make sure that I love people. I need to make sure that I'm kind to people because I cannot afford not to be kind to People that belong to God and go and ask their God, their Father, to bless me while I'm mistreating his children. Am I right? If you mess up with my child and then you come to me, expect me to help you, but you just hurt my child, that does not make sense. I'm a Christian. I might be forced to help you, but you just messed up my, my child. So let's not mistreat God's children and expect those children's Father, which is God, to help us. Are you with me? That's why even in, in, in marriages, he says, uh, husbands, do what? Uh, uh, treat your wives well, because if you don't, your prayers won't be heard. Now, if I was a wife, I wouldn't rejoice at that scripture. I wouldn't have a party just because my husband's prayer won't be heard if he does not mis treat me right. I will make it an effort, I will make it my assignment to make it easier for my husband to treat me well so that his prayers may be heard by God. Because if my husband's prayer is not heard by God, it affects me, it affects my children too. Are you with me? So you, we cannot have ladies that are excited that, oh, if you don't treat me well, God is not going to hear your prayers. Uh-uh. Are you with me? So I need to conduct, ladies, you need to conduct yourselves in such a manner that it is easy for your husband to love you as much as husbands must love you so well that it is easy to respect them. Are you with me? So you make it easier for your husband to love you, your husband makes it easy for you to respect him. You know, you know, you know, we all give. Are you with me? No, there isn't one who's giving more than the other. Amen, family? So now, the Bible says, uh, we need to conduct ourselves, wives, with a gentle and a quiet spirit. A gentle and a quiet spirit. Do we have some single guys in the house today? Single guys in the house? Single meaning, you are single. Uh, when you don't have a wife, you are not in the will of God. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You lack some good. 
No wife, no good. And he says, and obtains favor from the Lord. So there's favor you're missing, there's some good you're missing. Now, if I were you, if I'm single, you see that lady that was doing the tithes and offering? She's single. That lady is single, though. She preaches the word of God. She's got a gentle, quiet spirit, and she's single. She's there by the door there. That guy sitting next to her is not her husband, though. Yeah, that guy's got her own, her own husband. That, that lady's single. So, gents, you got that number? Phone me. Let's talk. Let's talk about her. Let's talk about that lady. I'll, I'll sort you out. I'll organize. Praise God. Listen, the best place to find a wife is not in the club. It's in the church. Hallelujah. Chikudu. Chikudu says amen. And she's not the only, there's some more ladies that are single. Praise God. All right. Ephesians 6 verse 18. Let's get into business. Ephesians 6 verse 18. It says, praying sometimes. Can you see that? Praying when you feel like it. Can you see that? Praying when things are bad. Can you see that? What does it say? Praying how many times? Always. Always. Praying always. This one says praying at all times. Now the key to the things of God working in your life is consistency. Everybody say consistency. You see, lack of consistency produces failure. Now, we give up on things and we say things of God are not working, but it's not the problem with the things of God. The problem is our inconsistency because we only do things for some time. We only do things when we feel like it. We only do things when we are happy. But when we are not happy, when we don't feel like it, we don't do things. Some of you guys won't be at church next week. Why? Because you won't feel like it. You lack what? Consistency. So church is not yet a lifestyle in your life. It's what you do occasionally. Now, how do you expect things to work? Imagine going to work occasionally and expecting a paycheck at the end of the month. You'll get fired. Some of you guys have been long fired in the things of the spirit. <laughs> okay, Pastor Abby, be nice, be nice. All right, I'll be nice, all right? Say consistency. Can God trust you that next week you will be at church? Well, if you have to go to work, we understand, all right? I understand if you have to go to work. But if you're going to miss church because you're watching TV, you need prayer. If you're going to miss church because there's a party, if you're going to miss church because, <laughs> because you're invited for dinner. <laughs> oh, Someone's like, I'm not telling Pastor Abby anymore when I can't make it for church. But if you're going to miss church, listen, there was a time, oh Lord, can we just stick to my notes? The Bible says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now that word God is not, is, is the word idol. Amen? An idol is an unauthorized God or an idol is a foreign God. All right? 
An idol is anything that takes the place of the almighty God in your life. Are you with me? So when you are worshiping an idol, you are worshiping something and that thing is taking God's place in your life. If you go to the book of Matthew, he says, you cannot have two masters. You cannot serve God and money. So God considers money as an idol. Money has the power to become an idol in your life. Whereby you worship money more than you worship God. That means now money has taken God's place in your life. And when money has taken place in your life, it's a struggle to be obedient to God consistently. Because money rules, money, you go where money says, you do what money says. It's not only money. Sometimes people in your life, your job can be an idol. There are so, some people that are so committed to their job that they will even show up for work even when they don't have to. At home, they've got their laptop, they're working. There's nothing wrong with being a good employee and working overtime, but there's everything wrong. Now, your spouse starts having a problem because you pay more attention to work than them. God starts having a problem because you pay more attention to work than him. Your children are starting to have a problem because you give more time to work than them. Then work has become an idol. Some of you guys, Orlando Pirates is your idol. After I beat you today, you won't be talking to everyone in the family because your idol has been beaten by love and peace, the fruit of the spirit. Say consistency. I must be consistent. Don't, listen, the things of God won't work for you if you do them whenever you feel like it. The things of God won't work for you if you do them whenever you are happy. The things of God will work for you if you are consistent in them. The Bible says when the Son of Man comes, will he find you faithful? Will he find you still living by faith? Will he find you still praying? Will he find you still reading the word of God? When Jesus comes, will he still find you living in peace with people? When Jesus comes, will he still find you living in forgiveness? Or will he find you having given up and tired and saying, this God thing does not work? Amen, family? Now, let's continue reading. It says here, Praying always. So in other words, I must be consistent in my prayer life. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Now to persevere is to have an attitude of never giving up. So in other words, uh, always pray and never give up in your praying. Persevere in your prayer. Keep showing up at prayer. Keep showing up at the time of prayer. The Bible says Jesus had a lifestyle of prayer. It was his custom to pull himself, separate himself from the rest and go pray. It was his lifestyle. It was his habit. Jesus lived a lifestyle of prayer. Are you with me? Now, there was a time when Jesus went to go pray. And he took his disciples with him. 
And after taking his disciples, when he wanted to go further up, he took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And he says, you guys come with me. And when he got to another level, he said to Peter, James, and John, he says, stay here and watch with me. Stay here and pray with me. And he went further up alone. And then he was starting to pray, and he was praying, and after some time, he went down to check on his disciples. And when he came back to his disciples, he found them doing what? Sleeping. And Jesus was so upset, he said, Peter! He was so upset that he found them sleeping at the time they're supposed to be praying. Some of you guys, when we pray here on Friday night, you're busy sleeping. Some of you guys, when you pray here on Friday night, you're busy watching, is it jingo? They need, you need prayer. Amen. So he found Peter and he said, Peter. And then he said, could you not watch with me just for one hour? That's why I took that principle and I applied it in my life and I said, the minimum requirement of my time of prayer should be an hour. So I built a habit in my lifestyle to at least pray for an hour in the spirit every day. Every day. It's a lifestyle. It's a habit that I've built. So everything starts from an hour. Now after an hour, now I have prayed. Now we can go to other things. Amen? So he said, could you guys not pray with me for one hour? In this church's prayer meeting... From 7 o'clock until 8 o'clock, we're praying for an hour in the spirit nonstop. And what are we praying? We're praying for the plan of God for this church. And when we're praying for the plan of God for our church, you are in that plan, right? If you are a member of this church, you are in that plan. So in other words, in that hour of praying in the spirit, we are touching your life, we are touching your health, we are touching your marriage, we are touching your job, we are, we are touching your finances, we are touching your business, we are, we are touching your children, we are touching everything that concerns you. We are also coming against every plan the devil has against your life and your family and your income and your marriage. Amen, family? He says, pray always with all kinds of prayer in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, go to Matthew 26, verse 41. I just quoted it, but I want us to, to read 41. Matthew, Matthew 26, 41. Now, he says in Matthew 26, 41, he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter where? Into temptation. Now, the reason why we are weak to temptation is because there is a lack of prayer, a lack of consistent praying. Please, can we have the scripture? Matthew 26, verse 41. When we are disciplined in our prayer life, it won't be easy for us to fall into temptation. In fact, prayer empowers us to overcome temptation. Say this to me. Say, prayer empowers me to overcome temptation. 
Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation, that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is willing. Who's willing? Who's willing? And who's weak? You see, if you're going to depend on the flesh to do the things that God has asked you to do, you will always fail because the flesh is always weak to do and participate in the things of the spirit. The flesh is never volunteering, is never the one to say, let's go pray. The flesh won't do that. It is the spirit. Whenever you have an urge to pray, whenever you have a desire to pray, whenever you sense a call to pray, it's always the spirit that calls you to prayer. But the spirit says, no, I'm tired. I mean, the flesh says, I'm tired. The flesh says, no, man, come on, we had a long day. The flesh says, no, you need to rest. The flesh says, but you prayed last week, Musa. Do you know that the flesh has a voice? The flesh talks. And we listen most of the time. Now, go to Galatians 6, 5. Galatians chapter number 5. So far we're doing good. The Lord is really cooperating. Galatians chapter number 5. Now when you get there, go to verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit or walk in the Spirit, and you will not or you won't fulfill the what? Say last. The last of the flesh. The word last can also be used as the word pressure. Say pressure. Now let's read it with changing the word last into the word pressure. All right? Let's go again. All right? But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the pressures of the flesh. The pressures of the flesh. Do you know that the, the flesh can pressure you to do the things that you do not want to do? Here we go again. Here we go. I, I, I feel that thing that kicked in the first service kicking again in the, in the second service. Amen? Uh, the flesh can pressure you to do things that you do not want to do, but you end up doing them because there is some pressure from the flesh. There is what? Some pressure, lust, pressure from the flesh. Now, there are, there, are, there are things which are the reason or the result of why we have pressures, but I don't want to get into that, but let me give you quickly. Pressure can be as a result of where you spend most of your time with. Pressure could come as a result of what you pay attention to the most because what you pay attention to the most produces a desire in you. You cannot be playing around sin and expect not to have a desire for sin. Hello? Wherever you spend most of your time, that produces a desire. When you spend most of your time around the word of God, the word of God will produce some desires in you. When you spend a lot of time around praying, prayer will produce some desires around you. You cannot be spending time. The Bible says if you are a fool, but you hang around with the wise, you will become wise. Because you always become like those that you hang around with. If you hang around with the word, you become what the word of God says you are. Woo! Shoot now. But I say, walk in the spirit. And you won't fulfill the pressures of the flesh. Let's continue. Let's continue. Be for the flesh lusts 
against, or the flesh pressures against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. These, which ones, which these, the spirit and the flesh, they are contrary to one another. They are what? Contrary to one another. They are against one another. They are always in conflict. The flesh and the spirit are never in one accord. They are always in conflict. But you can make one submit to the other. They are always in conflict. Why? That you may not do the things that you desire. The flesh and the spirit, Pastor Linda, come. The flesh, Chukudu, come. The flesh and the spirit are always against one another. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Just, just, just put one another. Now, now, okay, we'll put this. Now, you put this. You don't want to be embarrassed by being knocked down by a young man. All right. Now, uh, the flesh and the spirit are always in conflict with one another. They are always what? In conflict. They are opposing each other. They are against one another. The flesh and the spirit. Are you with me? Come on, push each other very harder. A little bit harder. Push, push. No, no, no. Stop swinging, man. Push. Yeah, like that. No, no. Hey, um, tom dal alone. Um, tom dal. Okay. Are you with me? So they're always... Yeah, just, just stay there. Stay there. Are you with me? Whenever you want to do something for God, there will always be resistance. Resistance from the flesh. The flesh resisting that you obey the word of God. But I'm going to show you later how you can feed the spirit that the spirit becomes more powerful than the flesh. Because in most times, actually, do like this, Chikudu? In most times, we are like that. The flesh has actually squashed Tabi. The flesh is always the one winning over the spirit. And I'll show you why is that. If I show you why is that, will you make the change? Yes. Will you make the change? Yes. If you know how to make things the other way? Yes. What about these actors? <laughs> yes. Are you with me? If you want your spirit to be like this over the flesh, just hang on. We're getting there. Thank you, gentlemen. Now, let's read this again. For the flesh lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two, the flesh and the spirit, are contrary to one another. They are opposing one another. They are in conflict with one another. They are always at war with one another. Why? That you may not do the things that you desire. Let's go to Romans 7. Let's go to Romans 7. Now I'm, I'm away from my notes. Romans 7 is not on my notes. We're going again to Romans 7 verse 14. Are you getting something so far? Are you sure? Romans um, 7 verse 14, please. Okay, I'm going to open it in my Bible. It says in verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. There we go. All right? For we know 
that what the law is spiritual, but I am carnal or I am fleshy. Now, to be carnal is to be a Christian, yet you live like you are not. Carnality means you are filled with the Spirit of God, but you live like the devil. Carnality means you are going to heaven, but you're living like hell. You sound like the devil. You behave like the devil. You act like the devil. You hate like the devil. You gossip like the devil. Yet you are a Christian. So being carnal is being a Christian, but refusing to live like it. Being carnal means I am filled with the Spirit of God, I'm a child of God, but I refuse to behave like God. The Bible says in Genesis 1-26, we, we are created in the image and likeness of God. Image of God means we are like God. God is spirit. Amen? God is what? Spirit. So if I'm created like God, in the image of God, then I'm created as a spirit being. Do you know that you are a spirit being? Say with me. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in the body. You are, not a human, you are not a human being having a spiritual experience. You are a spirit being having a human experience. Are you with me? You are a spirit. The real you is the spirit. Now, the Bible says you are created in the image of God. God's image, God is spirit. So if you are created in the image of God, that means you are created as a spirit being. So image means I look like God. And then it says, you are created in the likeness of God. Likeness means I act like God. So it's not enough just to be like God, but you, we also need to be acting like God. Are you with me? We are citizens of heaven. We are heaven's representatives here on earth. Are you with me? So when people look at us, we cannot be like them. We need to be like the heaven in which we come from. We are Christ ambassadors. Heaven's representatives. People belonging to God. We are peculiar people. The designers original, one of a kind. We are weird. We are not normal. Because we operate and function with the spirit which is not of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Are you with me? So it says here, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshy. So there's already a problem there. The law is spiritual, but I am carnal. I am fleshy. Sold under sin. In other words, I am a slave to sin. In other words, I am defeated by sin. Sin rules in my life. Sin rules in my life. I, I don't want to sin, but I keep sinning. You know, I don't want I don't rejoice in sin, but I keep sinning. Why is that? Continue. So he says, for I don't know what I am doing. For I don't practice, say, consistency. I don't practice what I desire to do. I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate, I do. 
Have you ever been so frustrated with yourself that you say words like this? I don't know why I keep doing this thing. Every time I try not to do this thing, I keep doing it. I keep telling myself that I'm not going to do it, yet I still do it. Have you ever been there? Am I only, the only one that has been there? Am I the only one who struggles with the flesh sometimes? This thing's a problem. Amen? It's a problem, this flesh. So he says, I don't know what I am doing, for I don't practice what I desire. What do I desire? I desire to pray. I desire holy living. I desire to please God. I desire to be loving. I desire to be kind. But I don't do that. I don't do what I desire, but what I hate. I hate hating. I hate not forgiving. I hate being gossiping. I hate hating people, but I do it. What I hate, I do, but what I desire, I do not do. Am I the only one that has been there? You know, you know. sometimes people make it hard for me to do what I desire. I want to be godly, but hey, my neighbor. Hey, my neighbor. Huh? I want to be at peace, but woo, my neighbor. Let's go. For I don't know what I'm doing. For I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate that I do. But if what I don't desire, but if what I don't desire that I do, so in other words, if I do what I don't desire, I consent with the law, I agree with the law that it is good. Amen? That is good because the law is there to reveal what is sin to you. Amen? Continue. So now, it is no more I that do it. It is no more who? It is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. The word dwell can also mean the word live. So it is sin that lives in me. Sin that lives not, lives in my members. So now, it is no more I that do it, but sin that lives in me. Continue. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh. And I like the fact that he is specifying which me he's referring to. In case you're mistaken and thinking that he's referring to the real you, which is the spirit. No. So he says, I know that in me, that is in my flesh. So he's not talking about the real you. He's talking about the flesh. In other words, I know that in my flesh, nothing good dwells, dwells no good. In my flesh, say, there is nothing good in the flesh. He says, in me, there is nothing good. In my flesh, there is no good thing. For desire is present with me, that is in my spirit now. You see, so the desire that is present with me, that is the desire of the spirit. He says, for desire is present with me, but I don't find it doing that which is good. I don't find it doing that which is good. Continue. For the good which I desire, I don't do. But the evil which I don't desire, I'm consistent in it. 
I practice it. I practice it. Let's go. But if what I don't desire that I do, it is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. Let's continue. I find then another law that to me, while I desire to do good, evil is present. Every time I try to do good, evil opposes. Every time I try to, go, to do good, the flesh opposes. Every time I try to please God, evil is present. Evil is present. Do you know that every time you want to commit to prayer, evil is present? Do you know that every time you want to you wanna be kind to someone, evil is present? Evil will say, why must you be kind to them? Why must you be nice to them? Evil is always talking. Evil is always present. Evil is always opposing good. Evil is always giving us a problem. The next verse. He says, for I delight in God's law after the inward man. Now, the word delight means to find pleasure or to find fulfillment. Amen? So, in other words, I find pleasure in God's law. God's law, that's the word of God. That's the Bible. Amen? I delight, for I delight in God's law. Now, which I is this? Is this I the flesh or the spirit? The spirit, right? Because the spirit always finds pleasure in the law of God. The spirit always finds fulfillment in the, law, in the law of God. That's why Joshua said, this book of the law, in Joshua 1 verse 8, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That's consistency. Day and night. He says, meditate on the word of God day and night. Don't allow the word of God to depart from your mouth. In other words, don't stop talking about the word. But you can't talk about the word if you have no word in you. If there is no word in you, there will be no word out of your mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know what's in your heart by the things you always talk about. You cannot always be talking about sin and you say you've got a word. Because the heart, the mouth sells to you or to us what's in the inside of your heart. So ladies, if that boyfriend says he's a good man, but whenever you're with him, he's always talking about everything else except God. There's no God in him. Run for your life. I just gave you a tip there to save your lives. The mouth is an arrow directing you to the person's heart. Hello. Give me my three guys. He says, I delight in God's word after the inward man. Who is the inward man? Can I have my three actors, please? I need three people in the front here. Chukudu, come. Mfunis, you again. Hallelujah. Uh, who are we putting in the middle now? You're the short one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I'm going to show you something very powerful. It says, for I delight in God's law after the inward man. The inward man is the hidden man. The hidden man is the spirit man. It's your spirit. Okay? That's the inward man. The spirit. 
So yeah, give me, give me my, my pastor, please. My, my papers there. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Now we have. I can hear you. We have. And then we have. And then we have. Spirit. And then. And then. Spirit, soul, and body. Give me 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Put it on the screen, please. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Say, God wants my spirit my soul, my body, blameless. It says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved or be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, remember what we read previously. He says, for I delight after God's law according to the inward man. Now, we read in Matthew 26 that the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen? The spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak. And then the flesh and the spirit are always in conflict. Now, say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in the body. Now, your spirit is the real you. Your spirit is the real you. Is the one that God created. Hallelujah. <laughs> now go to John 4, 24. John 4, 24. What a fire John 4, 24. We're almost done. In John 24, the Bible says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Those that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, the flesh is always giving us a problem in worshiping God in spirit. Let's all face this direction. It is God's desire that all of us, no, the devil's desire and plan that all of us should follow who? Who's this? I can't hear you, family. Who's this? The body, the flesh. Now, the devil wants us to always follow the flesh. Whatever the flesh says, we do. However the flesh feels like, that's what we do. That's what we practice. If the flesh says, I don't want to pray, we all obey. Now, the flesh, the body, makes the soul and the spirit to listen to it. And the reason with mankind, the problem with us, mankind, is that we have allowed the body to be in charge of our lives. We have allowed the body to be the one that is making the decisions in our lives at the expense of the spirit. 
So the devil, he does not care how much you pray. He does not care how much you read the word of God as long as you obey the flesh. You can be a, a, a Christian filled with the word, but you are a flesh obeyer. Amen? Flesh obeyer, word-filled Christian. That's not how God wants us to live. Let's look at the other direction. God wants us to, to be led by? To be led by? Romans 8.14. Is that the one? Is it Romans 8.14 or Galatians? Help me now. Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. If, uh, Galatians also says it in Galatians chapter number 5. In Galatians chapter number 5, verse 18. Galatians 5, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, say, this, say God wants me to be led by the Spirit. Now, the Spirit is the one that God wants that is to make the decisions in our lives. The Spirit is the one that God wants to be in charge, to be the leader, to be the one that we all follow. Are you with me? This is God's plan for mankind. But things are not in this order. Things are in the other order. Let's face forward. Where is the problem? Why is the flesh always in charge, always leading? Why do you always want to give people a piece of your mind? I don't know how many pieces of your mind you've been giving. There's no more piece left. Why are you always wanting to do how you feel? Why are you always wanting to respond according to your feelings? Why do you always obey the voice of the flesh? Why? The spirit always says, no, don't do that. Ah, tola wena spirit. Flesh brought in. Yeah, bell, asimlan. Let's do that. Why are we like that? The problem is in the middle. Where is the problem? The problem is the soul. Now let's define the soul. What is the soul? The soul is your mind. The soul is your will. The soul is your emotions. The soul is your personality. The soul is your feeler, your thinker, your chooser. That is your soul. When we talk about the soul realm, we talk about where things take place, where victory or failure takes place. It's in your soul. You see, when the devil has got a hold of your soul, you can't live by the spirit. That's why Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your flesh, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. In other words, is the basic requirement of holy living. The basic requirement of holy living is 
offering the flesh, your body, as a living sacrifice. It is not a big deal. It is a reasonable service. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world. What does that mean? Don't fall into the world's way of doing things. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of the soul, renewing of the mind. Do they have the scripture? Not yet. That's why I'm quoting it myself. Can I have the scripture on the screen, please? Because you're going to think I'm not reading the Bible. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be changed, be transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may be able to choose what is that good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Right? There we go. By the message of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Other Bible says your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. Let's go. But don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Say this. Say the mind must be renewed. And the mind is in the soul realm, right? It must be renewed. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Why must my mind be renewed? That you may prove or know three things. In actual fact, it's four. But there's only three here. That you may know the good and the well-pleasing and perfect will of God. So we've got the good will of God. We've got the pleasing will of God is the acceptable will of God. And then we have the perfect will of God. Then the fourth one, we have out of the will of God. So in the will of God, there are three levels of the will of God. There is the good. Good means it is not perfect, but it's, it's good. It's good. Well, pleasing, it is not completely pleasing. It's just acceptable. In other words, God can allow you to do it, but it is not his perfect will. The perfect will of God is exactly what God wants for you, how he wants it at the time that he wants it. And only one man lived that way in the perfect will of God, and that is Jesus. You and I, we keep falling in and out of God's perfect will because we, the flesh has us. But you want to be more in the will of God all the time. All of you right now, at this moment, you are in God's perfect will because it is God's will according to scripture that you are in the house of God. He says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints as some are in the habit of doing so. He says some people are in the habit of neglecting coming to church, but he says don't be like them. So being in church is being in the perfect will of God. You are right now in God's perfect will. Amen? Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Give me, give me five minutes and I'll wrap this up. Now, the mind, the will, and the emotions. For us to follow the spirit... We is dependent on the soul. For the flesh to be leading is dependent on the soul. Is dependent where? On the soul. Where's your mask, Wayne? Put your mask. 
Put your mask. We're gonna get we're, we're gonna get pictures here and we're gonna put them on Facebook and there's no mask. We're gonna say, hey, this pastor with no mask. You, know, you, are, you are gonna get me in trouble with my president. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Prayer, take some other pictures. Where is he? Now, here's how it goes. Now it looks better. You can see this church, they obeyed the president. The president can even come to church here because we practice what he says. Amen? Hallelujah. And keep social distancing. <laughs> now, the soul. If you want the spirit to be leading you, you need the soul. If your flesh is the one that is leading, the problem is with the soul. So the soul is the problem. So how must the soul be so that the flesh does not rule anymore, but the spirit is, 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 is ruling? The soul... Needs the word. When there is no word in the soul, the flesh will take the lead. Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. The what? The what? Did he say getting a new mind? He said doing what? So, to renew something, does it mean to get a new one or to fix the one I have? So, if, if my house has gotten old and I want to do some renovations, I want to renew, renew it, am I buying a new house or am I working on the one that I have? Right? So, to renew something is to take the existing thing Back to its original state. Back to the position in which it was. It was new. It has gotten old. Now I'm taking it back to where it was when it was new. So God says, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. He did not say we must get a new mind. He said we must renew our mind. Because we had the right mind. We had the right mind, we had the good mind, we had the godly mind. And our godly mind got affected into this world of the living. And it's been polluted with the things of this world. So God says, renew this mind. Take it back to its original state. Take it back to where it used to be. I'm tempted to show you where it used to be new, but I feel like we're out of time. Should I cut or show you where your mind was new, was new? Must I show you or must I cut? Let's have a must cut because I'm going to say you guys want church to finish early. In Ephesians 1.4. In Ephesians 1.4, quickly, one scripture. Ephesians 1.4 from verse 3, I think. It talks about God chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him 
in love. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in every places in Christ Jesus. Continue. Just even as he chose us in him. Say, I was chosen in God. Even as he chose us in him, when? Before the foundation of the world. So in other words, you existed in God before creation. That's deep, I know. You existed in God, and when you existed in God, you had a certain kind of mind, a certain kind of thinking. And you got born into this world, and you lost your thinking, your identity. And God says, renew your mind with the word of God. Take your mind back to where it used to be when you were in me. You see, you, you first existed, you, you existed in two wombs. Your mother was the second womb. The first womb you existed in is God's womb. It says here, even as he chose us in him, say, I was chosen in God. I existed in God before the foundations of the world. Why? That you should be holy and without defect or without blame before him in love. Let's go. So we existed in God. So you had a godly mind when you existed in God. You cannot have existed in God and have an evil mind. That's why Romans says, be, don't conform to this world because you are not of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Go and get back the mind which you used to have when you existed in God. How do you get it? Your sweat is on my Bible. It's not sweat. Hallelujah. Amen? <laughs> so we renew our minds with the word of God. When the soul has no word, family, the flesh will take rulership. When there's no word in the soul, go closer to your friend. The soul and the flesh becomes bodies. And where two are in agreement, Hashem, the spirit must submit. The spirit must go. Let's face there. And then who's leading now? Who's leading now? The flesh is leading. Why? Because there's no word in the soul. There's no word in the mind. There's no word in the will. And the spirit is not even on the same level. The spirit is all the way there. Because they, these two have silenced the spirit. Ay, 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 ay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, you are too high. Hi. The soul, the, the spirit has been said, come, 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 come. The husband is looking at me like this. <laughs> Stay with me. Are you with me? The, the spirit is silenced. And that's how some of us believers, that's how we are. The body is in charge. And the soul, the spirit is quietened. But God don't want it this way. But when, spirit, go back that side, please. But when, when there is word in the soul, the, the soul moves away from the body. The soul moves away from the flesh and partners with the spirit. And the soul feeds the spirit with the word of God. They speak the same language. 
They think the same. They talk the same. They walk the same. And what will happen? The body must be submissive. I am finished. I am finished. Amen? Are you with me, family? Then the body is silenced because the soul and the spirit are in agreement. Are you with me, family? You get the picture. So that means you and I, we need to invest our time in the word of God. We need to invest our time in the things of the spirit. Amen? Thank you so much. Bless you guys. All right, we're out of time. Let's, let's end there. Next week, I will be talking about... What did I say I'm going to talk about in the first service? How to, how, to, how to build your spirit man, like practical things that you can do uh, to build your spirit. Amen? Because it's one thing talking about it, but it's something else doing it. Now, we're going to talk about things that you can do on your own as a church to build our spirit so that we are spiritual people and we are led by the spirit. Amen? That's what we're going to talk about next week. So don't miss next week. Amen? Let's be consistent. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here this morning, you say, Pastor Abby, I have not been living by the Spirit. I've been living by the flesh all my life. And after hearing today's word, I so desire to live by the Spirit. If you are that person and you want to live by the Spirit, my friend, you need to get born again. Now, being born again means now your spirit becomes alive. To God. Your spirit becomes alive to God. So if you are that person, in a moment I'm going to say a prayer and you will be included in this prayer. But the second person that I want to pray for is the one who says, I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I'm tired of living my own way. I'm tired of living a life without Jesus. I want Jesus to come into my heart. The third person that I want to pray with is the one that says, I want to make sure that heaven is my home. That if anything was to happen to me and if I had to die, that I will go and spend the rest of my life in heaven with Jesus. If you are that person, one of those three, at the count of three, please lift up your hand and we're going